Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au and our friends at hungover.net.au. Feel your best while you're looking your worst. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bomb Six Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, the Bomb Six Express is back. And holy moly, Corey, what do we have left? Two days, 22 hours as it sits right now. So, gee, what do, what do I say each and every preseason, Corey? There's never enough time. But before we get stuck into this, uh, you know, right before round one podcast, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, uh, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. And that you do, Bombs. You always complain about there's not enough time in the season. I just want to get it. I just want to get it done. Get it started. I can't be bothered to change my team anymore. Let's get into things. But there's look, there's a lot of questions. We've got the fan questions today. We're just going to talk about some general structures, how we're looking at the moment, and I'm sure that it's going to change before we hit the start of the season. It's a bit more of a tricky year this year, I found it. Bombs, there's, um, there's a lot more value out there. I think yeah, he's certainly a lot more value. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, the I mean, classic of rookies, I'm, uh, I've stayed well clear of that for most of the preseason and still am staying well clear of it, uh, which is something I'm not typically used to. Mm, no, and I'm we've spent almost most nights on the lead up to the season discussing everything and what we're going to do and what we're looking at, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about over the next two days as well. But yeah, so plenty of uh, general talk, and look, what everyone who's put their entry forward is wanting to know did I get into the uh, Exotic Limo League? So, find out. We'll have that at the back end of the podcast. Great news, though, because the guys that hung over stepped up. They're going to be our backup league. So, if you didn't get into the Exotic Limo League, there's a chance you might have got into the uh, hungover league as well, too. So, you know, it's not as great as being in that grand prize pack of the Exotic Limo League where there is the Ferrari Limo up for grabs for the winner bombs. No, that's what everyone that's wants to be into. Um... But, yeah, look, we got that too. Questions, league codes, um, information, I should say, league code information. We've also got the group code info too. So, let's kick things off. We'll talk a little bit about structures. How are you looking down back right now, mate? Uh, You want me to read out the team or you want me just to label the structure, mate? I reckon we'll just... We'll just go structure, and it's not so much that I... Uh, look, structure with a little bit of team reading out. I'll ask some questions along the way, because no, no. a lot can potentially change over two days too. So I, I would have thought that I'd be very, very surprised if this was my actual team leading into round one. So I've gone uh, two primo defenders, uh, mid-pricer, um, Sammy Collins and Scrimshaw and Clark as some uh, you know sub-200K but rather expensive rookies there, and... Um, I'm pretty happy with the Dersma and Hoare on my bench as well because I feel like that gives me a lot of depth there too. Yeah, no, I'm the same, and that's that mid price of being Brody Smith, um, Whitfield, and who's your top dog? Yeah, Leb. I do have the money for Lloyd, just uh, chopping and changing, uh, you know, with every kind of minute that passes by. Yep, and I'm stuck on Laird. I can't see me going from Laird to Lloyd. I'm uh, pretty confident with how his year's going to go this year. Uh, moving into the midfield, how are we looking at the moment? Well, I've got two players above 600,000. I've got two players sitting around that 550 mark. I've got uh, two mid-prices. Uh, I've got the premium in Sammy Walsh, and uh, and then I've got Charlie Constable sitting on field. 
But again, I like my depth here. I've got Butters and, and Bailey Scott kind of sitting on the pine. And I'd be pretty comfortable at this stage fielding at any given moment. It's uh, funny because this is probably one of the first days in a, a little while that you haven't had the three over 600 as well. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> it is, and and we'll get to the forward line because that's probably a big reason why I uh, have to uh, save a little bit of money in other areas. Yeah, well, I'm sitting at uh, Cripper Oliver, Lockie Neal at the moment, so I've got a three over the 600. Um, Cripps and Oliver are locked in. I'm pretty confident on Neal, but it keeps going from Neal to five, five to Neal. I think the fact that he plays 22 every year and has had a full preseason might edge nearly out here. Um, and then I've got the Crouch Brothers. So edge five out. Edge five out, sorry. Yep, so yep. lucky Neil. Um, I've gone both Crouch Brothers, so Matt and Brad at the moment. I think Brad just offers huge value at that 420, um, and I'm pretty confident in Matt as well. So for those who are wondering if you can run, you know, because right now it's Crouch, Crouch, Laird, and Smith all from Adelaide. Like I said, I've seen plenty of games where the, the big dogs and, and the teams that are dominating have you know put five, six, seven players over that 100 mark. Um, so I don't worry about that at all. I think Adelaide's in for a huge year this year. Uh, and then at uh, M6, I've got Tommy Liberatore. Too hard to pass up mm. uh, with the value. Walsh and Constable. Uh, rounding out the bench at the moment. So this is where I'm a little bit worried. I've got Scott Hind and Atkins. Uh, no Gibbons right now. I haven't really been overly impressed with his role, and I think... We'll have a bit of a chat about Gibbons before we move to the next line. But the one thing you'll notice, I don't have Butters. Um, and mm. I, So it was Butters or Constable right now. News that Scrimshaw might not make it, that'll get me cash to get me Butters. Because um, Butters is one that I really do not want to go into the season without. Um, but currently, I just can't get him without chopping somewhere else. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Did you say you, you had have- Gibbons? Um, yeah, I actually, I actually do. And I just want to say, sorry, uh, you have made the sensible decision with uh, Constable over Butters as well. I think that kind of 35k, um, that Constable is, well, is 35k less than Butters, um, and his, his scoring effort was probably even greater, I reckon, Constable. So people are tossing up between the two there. I'd certainly uh, go Constable over Butters. You know I'm massive on Constable, so if he's named round one, I don't, there would be no way I could go into the season without him. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I do have Gibbons, Gibbons as well, so I'm on your last point. And look, that is because um, just with what I'm I'm anticipating, I'm kind of going to need potentially every dollar. I'm scrounging here, really. Yep. And if um, what I'm kind of debating between is Gibbons and Atkins on the bench, and I think the reality is, is that they've both probably got similar roles in their respective teams, so... Um, if the 10k helps me get a player I really want, then I'll, I'll probably go Gibbons. If it doesn't, then I'll, I'll settle for Atkins. Can I ask a question about Bailey Scott? Because I've got him in right now. He, he had a great JLT series. Um, not outstanding, but done what he needed to do. Is there any worry the fact that his frame is so light? He's only no, 74 um, kilos. Yeah, no, that doesn't bother me at all. I, I think the more concerning factor was just the game on time. Oh, the, t- the, the game on ground. time. Yeah. The time on ground we actually are uh, seen from him through the JLT. Um, yeah, for me, that would be more the concern, particularly given that it was only 70% in the first week and then it went down to 52 in the second. But there's no doubt about his... Um, sorry, 58, sorry. Um, there's no doubt about his scoring potential, though, because in that 58% in JLT2, he had 89 points and 59 from 70% in that first one. So um, if he's there round one, he, like Constable, I think scoring potential is um, is fairly big and I wouldn't be running the season without neither of them. Yeah, and I, I the one that I'm kind of on that 
fringe for me probably at the moment. Yeah, he's high, we're way out between Heiner, Atkins and um, Gibbo. So if one could not get named, that would probably solve a lot of problems for me there too. Um, in the rucks, the big twin towers. Yep, I think that's the only way to go. Um, I haven't really flaunted with Goldie that much, even though I'm kind of desperate to find 150k. Grundy down to Goldie is something I have thought about but never actually pressed the trade button on. But, yeah, don't think I can do it. I think I'll just be ultra safe there and be around you going. Yeah, it's been a while since I've had anything other than this. Um, uh, who are you backing number one there? On... Uh, Gorn. Uh, Ruckman don't go back-to-back, back and I'm very confident again I'm gone. <laughs> and Grundy, number two. Uh, moving to the forward line. Um, so I know you took Dangerfield out. You want to explain that? <laughs> uh, if, if I did that, then um, I probably wouldn't be playing Super Coaches here, of course. Okay, all right, beautiful. Go to yeah. your team. Um, well, I've got two, three, three players. So I've got Danger, then I've got two players above 500k. And uh, changed my tune a lot on someone who I've selected now at uh, F4. And I've got Darcy Moore sitting there. And then Setterfield and Will Drew to round it out with um, Petrocelli and Parker currently on bench. There is going to be a couple of listeners that are very, very happy that Darcy Moore is sitting in both our teams right now as well. Mm-hmm. It looks so much better having him in there. You, I think, yeah, you're going to trust him. I, I do not trust the hamstrings, but... If you can stay there till round 10, that'll be all right. Um, what was the state you were talking about? I don't know if you mentioned it on yeah. last week's pod, the games uh, played. Yeah, it, it might have been that. I can't remember if it was on pod if it was just during one of our uh, many sessions we kind of have during the week here, Corey. But in the last, I think it was, so last year obviously was pretty much a write-off. He only played seven games. But in the two years before that, he played 38 out of a possible 44. So, look, there's no real concern for me. I mean... When I saw 38 out of 44, the two years before that, I thought, shit, I'm picking him. I actually went and just picked him in my team uh, almost off the basis of that alone because that was a huge factor. Because I was thinking, he's probably hasn't played more than 15 in his career, like 15 games um, in a season. But, man, when I saw 2016, 17 games, 2017, 21 games, I was like, yeah, nah, boy, uh, 230-odd K, you're, you're in. Scores pretty well, too. What's a pass mark for Darcy Moore in the season? Uh, for, in terms of games played or average? No, average for you. Yeah, average. I'd take 70, man. Honestly, I'd take 70, 75. But people who, you know, saw JLT and, you know, saw him scoring 90s and 97s or whatever they were and thought, oh, well, gee, that's what he's going to do every week, they're probably a bit delusional, I would have thought. It's more of a bonus, isn't it, if you get something like that? If he gets those scores every now and then, what it does is, though, it, it sits in his uh, sort of rolling average and keeps his break even down and he makes a bit more point. But the moment he hits 400k, he's gone. Yeah, it's, it's kind of handy too because there's not too much around there as well. So if Darcy Moore, you know, doesn't obviously start like a house on fire, we always talk about correctional trades at the back end of round two coming into round three. Hypothetically, we could get someone else at 240, 250k that we hadn't even looked at that's popped out 90, 90. Um, and it's just as easy as a correctional trade there or down to a rookie as well. So kind of one that I'm happy to take the risk on. I'd probably even just sit him running forward, but you know what I mean? I think I think he's going to do enough down back. He's taken kick-ins. It's clearly not really accounting for much on the super coach points-wise, but if he can get a, a cheap 5 to 10 points a game from kicking the ball out, you know, those scores that would have been 60s are 70s. So, yeah, yeah you take that. Um, your two mid-price at the moment, so obviously Dangerfield, because we've got the exact same rookies, um, Monaheny and Dunkley. 
Yeah, currently got the same, and I'm about a thousand dollars short of Menegola because yeah. that's kind of who I actually want in that position. Same. So, um, with the McLean news, you know, McLean sort of staying forward line role well for at least the first part of the year anyway, makes me more confident in Dunkley, which is nice. Um, but yeah, not overly sold on it. But I think um, for his price and you know the one or the, was it the one thirty or the one twenty he averaged in the back end of last year, wherever it was, thirty six over the last five as well. Yeah, that, yep. that's a, that's enough to kind of say to me if his midfield minutes are up, which they were in JLT too, and if he can replicate that, then, then I'm pretty happy with that. I, I couldn't bring myself to select someone like a Michael Walters. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't do a Tim Kelly. I just uh, yeah, Billings I couldn't do. Um, even even Dev Smith, I, I just couldn't do at this stage. So. Dunkley is kind of what I've got sitting here at the moment, but if I somehow ended up with an extra two grand, I'd more than happily go off to Menegola. And that was the thing that I was looking at too. There's no way I could get Menegola in because if I could, I would definitely have Menegola. Just on that flatline average that I think you're going to get with Menegola, Dunkley yeah. offers huge value. And I'm glad you spoke about the JLT game because JLT too is, for most teams, been almost a more representation of what they want to run into the season. You listen to a lot of presses, um, you know, coaches come out saying that you know this was for us. This was our dress rehearsal. This is what we wanted to do. I think this is almost the first year that you have to take more into account what happened in JLT than less. I mean, seasons past, we've had the three games. All the JLT scores and, and players' positions and stuff had kind of been all over the place and, and a little bit irrelevant. Um, this year, with the new rule changes coming in, coaches wanted to kind of see how that would affect them playing their proper team as well. So mm. I, I think watching Dunkley through the guts last week, because after JLT1, I wasn't overly happy. Um, yeah. And seeing him in the guts last week, if it was roles reverse and it was JLT1 and JLT2, I'd probably still have some, a couple of question marks. But I'm pretty sure that the guy's going to go play in the midfield this year. He, he's, he's, that, he's to them like what Devin Smith is to Essendon. You know, he's that the one that's going to hunt and tackle. He's a great ball user. He gets his own contested ball. And him and McRae, they just they complement each other so well in that midfield. Um, and, yeah, players have to rotate. He probably will spend some time down forward. I'm not delusional. They have superstars like Bontempelli as well. Um, Lib is back. Wallace will have some time in the midfield. Um, McLean can even pinch hit too. So I'm not delusional in that aspect, but I'm thinking that Dunkley can do enough to definitely slot into a top six by season's end. Yeah, look, and, I mean, are you concerned by McLean? Because, not you know, really, of, but he's there and he'll have, a little couple, he'll have a couple of minutes. Yeah, so one of my concerns, though, is that, you know, in the kind of that statement that got released today, it was talking about, you know, how he expects himself to do that in the first half of the year. Now, what happens second half of the year? Um, you know, what happens if all of a sudden he goes forward line? Uh, sorry, if he goes midfield. Because that has to push someone out a little more. So does that potentially mean... Because we saw McLean last year. He went good. He only played half a year through the midfield. He played the first half through the midfield before his role kind of switched and he, and he died off in the back I end. Think, I think you're looking too much into that throwaway line. I think he's saying for the first half at least because he's not looking at the season on a whole. He's looking at what he can do and he's probably looking at those players around him like Dunkley who went back... It, Dunkley was sent back to the VFL. His form was that shit and they sent him back and said, go, go become a midfielder. Go work on your craft. Become a midfielder. He went out, he sat four weeks in the VFL, he come back and didn't look back. I don't know why they would want to send him back forward, where he's clearly not 
that pressure forward running crumb he's good enough to do it and when you've got these kind of talented players McRae Dunkley who can win contested ball and break the lines and break it over and open and then you're going to complement that with Libba as well and then Bont running through there too if Dunkley starts well they're not going to go send him forward mm. if if he doesn't well who knows but I'm confident enough, and I think you're looking too much into that one kind of throwaway line. Because I think McCray's... I mean, not McCray. I think McLean's plan is he wants to be a midfielder. But he's been told by the coach, at least for the early part of the season, you're going to be playing forward. You know? Yeah. Well, it's just something I thought I'd raise, because um, I'd be lying if I said that that's not in the back of my mind when I'm currently selecting Duncan. Yeah. See, because you know I, I had McLean last year. And then I don't like it was probably two weeks into Dunkley's return from the VFL, and and I was talking about how I, how much I'd love to have Dunkley right now. I'd love to just be have the luxury trades to go McLean to Dunkley because you could see that role change. But Dunkley's put the two next to each other. Dunkley's patch in the midfield compared to McLean's. Dunkley's was. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to give it a rating, was elite, and McLean was probably above average at that stage. Oh, so, oh, so McLean's was still elite, though. I think you're forgetting how many tons he body scored in the first yeah. 10 games there or so. But I, you know, I think Dunkley's was just a level above, so that's a level below. Yeah, no, and that certainly it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's, that's enough about Dunkley. I mean, we've both got him, so I don't know who we're trying to convince. Probably trying to convince ourselves more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> trying to convince myself, should I not find the money for men a goal? I think that's yeah. It's not hard. Get rid of butters. That's what I did. It's killing me when I'm looking at it and he's not there. Yeah. Trust me. I don't really like it. Um, anyone... Uh, maybe, is there three or five or one or two players that you are seriously having a look at? We know, we know Menengol is one, but are there any others that, that yep. you're looking at and thinking, I wish, don't know, questionable? Yep, five. I'm... Uh... I'm I'm starting to get concerned that I don't have Fife. Um, you know, the whole preseason, I've pretty much based the whole preseason about running him um, and Cully, but I'm big time concerned about Fife at the moment. Can I, I just add something to that? It, that that's the injury factor too, isn't it? Well, they, it's, they it's, haven't it's, played games. They're they kind of you know hurt. We no, assume. No, it's it's not the fact that he hasn't played preseason games. I'm not worried about that because I can almost guarantee you'll come out with a 150 plus come round one. Mine is the kind of games played throughout the year and just knowing at some point he's going to be missing for three or four games and just wanting to select kind of players to start my year who are more than likely going to play 22 games um, just for that kind of consistency, even if it means I have to give up a 10-point average or so. Um, And that's kind of what I'm basing it on. Um, I'm basing it also on the fact that he's 6'18 and I'm really scrounging to find an extra 60, 70k to get one of my 550k midfielders up, and that's really hard to actually find at the moment. Um, so it's, it's, it's a combination of all that. Um, the fact is, I mean, I, I'm not getting rid of Cripps or Oliver for five, that's for sure. Um, and I'm finding it very hard to get another player at above 600 into my lineup. Mm. Can I ask a question with the full five thing? And it's a question that I, I ask myself almost every night. Um, we talk about, we, we know Fife's probably not going to play 22, yada, yada, yada. You know, pick someone else over him. His first three weeks, uh, North without Jacobs. 
St Kilda, uh, Gold Coast, and St Kilda. If he no, goes, if he goes one fifty, one fifty, one fifty, are we not in week four talking about how either our first upgrade is Fife, or how the hell do we get Fife into our team? Yep, we probably are. But you see, the beauty of well, one of the silver linings in the Supercoach season is that game weeks don't start until week two. So the team, oh, sorry, week three. So the teams that actually want to run Fife. Um, the big scores he's getting, yes, that's going to contribute to your overall, but essentially that's not going to help you one bit when it comes to your league games. So for me, if he goes, you know, one, you know, say he averages 135 over the first three weeks, um, for me, he's not going to average 135 on the season. So therefore, at some point, he's going to have to have scores lower than that and, and probably one or two that are fairly lower than that to bring that average kind of back underneath or around that 120 mark maybe even 125 um, and, and when you couple that with the fact that he may miss three or four games I weigh that up and I think hmm, is, is when I'm playing for league is Fife an absolute necessity yeah probably yep. probably not given where those fixtures are very good answer to mm. um, clap, clap and, to you. So, and that's why I prefer my Oliver and my Crips because I know that, well they're probably going to play 22 they're going to feature really prominently in both of those teams and they're both likely to average 120 plus. And both have played very, very hurt. I'm not saying Fife doesn't, because Fife does too. There have been so many injuries that he's just played through as well. But um, then some really bad mm. ones too. Devil's Advocate, flip the side, flip the coin. If you were playing for overall only, is there any way you could go into the season without him? I would be starting him, no doubt. I would be starting him because I think what what you do with Nat Fife is. Yes, he may miss games kind of here and there, and that's okay. But these first three weeks, it may be particularly hard in terms of captains and that sort of stuff. And I know, look, I'm going to have to prepare my captain's article for this week and that sort of thing. But he's got a five-game average against North of 140 or a tick underneath 140 in that five. So that's an automatic. You miss your VC. They've got the Sunday night game. That's a captain for you if you miss your VC. So you get a free hit, then you get a look in at five after that. And he's got the Saints and Gold Coast, who you should absolutely tear to shreds as well. So um, I I would be, if I'm playing more for overall, I would be uh, more likely to start with five with the view to either VC or see him um, every single one of those weeks. Yeah, because if I was playing for overall too right now, I'd probably definitely have five in over Neil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, so... Five's the one that I don't have. I've got a few players that I do have that I'm not entirely convinced on, um, and I'm going to hate saying this because I'm so anti him, but I'm Dustin Martin actually currently sitting inside my team. Um, and, look, the reason for that is, oh, Judge, I don't know. There's something scary about not running him, and there's something scary when you actually have him in your team. So it can really only go one of two ways. He can really only maintain the average that he's at, and... Although that's bad, it's it could probably be a little worse, I imagine. But I think his super coach kind of could go up, and surely, boy, surely he can hit one ten minimum. And if he's hitting one ten minimum, playing twenty two games, I'd be relatively happy with uh, with that as a selection to start the year. Oh yeah, oh hundred percent. The price he's at, if he's going one ten, you'd, you'd be wrapped. Um, mm. And you know the column coming out last year that he was dealing with some pretty bad anxiety, and he's he's talking through it now and. Um, that's always a positive, and and you know we preach it on here. If you need help, there are always people you can talk to. Um, 
and and that's a good thing. I mean, we've seen patches of players before where they they're humans at the end of the day, and we have to remember that. And we've seen plenty of um, AFL players go through some dark periods of their life and, and then come out on top and, and rectify that with good years. So um, that's one that has crossed my mind, but I couldn't pick. And the reason is is because I still believe that when they're smashing teams and, you know, Dusty's going to go rest forward or go sit on the bench and he's great one-on-one, I know that, but he's that one that I would just much rather pay six fifty four than five fifty and get it wrong. Yeah, uh, look, I think the other thing is, and I know I shouldn't look too much into JLT, but 78 from 64% and 81 from 65%. And the word is through the Tigers camp that they really had to hold him back and just say, no, you need to continue to rein this in. And, you know, in those games when he's playing sort of 60%, 65%, whatever it is, he's still getting 30 touches in those games too. I, I think the the center clearance stuff specifically helps him a fair bit. And I actually think that the more bigger forward line they have, the less they need for Martin to kind of sit there permanently as a forward. So... Um, I think there are a lot of positives with Martin. I mean, you know, you touched on it too. Mental health obviously impacts everybody's life. And the fact that he's in the public space kind of acknowledging this was an issue last year kind of suggests to me that he's in a pretty good space with it all right now. And look, I mean, I'd only imagine that, you know, he came out and kind of said something along those lines, not only for his own recovery, but I think it, it was almost this is a reason why I probably wasn't at my best last year. bit of a statement too. And I think it, once you start to put that out there, um, you're almost saying to the to the world, to the footy community anyways, well, you're certainly saying to the Supercoach community in my eyes that um, I'm, I'm ready to go where I was the year before. And if he can replicate 75 to 90% of what he'd done the year before, then... I think at five sixty k, and he does. He just plays twenty two games. Then, then I think it's the right pick to make. Yeah, my prediction: you won't have him in your team when you start the season as well. Um, uh, Domashid. Domashid, Doma, Doma. Um, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, I've I've had a look at um, I've had a look at three midfielders, two. Um, no, sorry, three above 600k. So I've had a look at McRae, Cripps, and Oliver, and then I've played with Doma, Brad Crouch, and uh, and Libba. Um, I, I can't do it because when I structure my team like that, I look at it and I count how many premiums I got, and I've only got 10. Um, I obviously need 22 by season's end, and preferably 23. Um, but at a minimum, I need 22, which is 12 upgrades, which is probably 24 trades which only leaves six for kind of sideways trades or injuries and navigation through the season. And anyone at this stage who thinks six trades is enough to navigate, that's probably a little bit foolish because they don't remember the sort of catastrophes that our teams are end up in with injuries and suspensions on any given week. Especially the last two years as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, I can't do it because if I bring in kind of someone as I see as a keeper, I feel like then I'm getting 11 or 12 of them which brings, you know, the premiums are going to bring into 10 to 11, which is a 20 to 22 trade um, required season, which gives me 8 to 10 to play with as opposed to 6. So I feel a lot more comfortable in that situation. Can I ask you a question? Um, mm-hmm. Where do you see this purple patch? Is it is it just a small patch of 
really great form through the font, you know, got dropped because, yep. you know, I'm picking Dunkley because he got dropped, went back to the VFL and, and, and turned his game around. Same thing happened with Domasheed at the end of last year. If it wasn't for mm. Gaff, he's probably not playing that final series. Comes back in, tears it up before he goes in there, goes into a final series, plays great in the three games, you know, obviously they had to buy the three games, and then comes into the JLT when the big dogs aren't in, in, in the guts. Is it a purple patch, or, or are we going to see this moving forward from Domachine? And this is just your opinion, okay? Everyone opinion, remember their yeah. opinions. You cannot hold him to this. Well, of course you can. What are you talking about? My opinions are virtually facts. What are you talking about, Corey? I mean, you know you're dealing with him. You're dealing with Morris Express, mate. All right. Um, Dom help you when you've absolutely no, scrubbed okay. what Look, say about Domachine. Let, so. let, let the abuse come if I get it wrong, Corey, because you know what? When I get it wrong... I'll just remind the community how many times I got it right. <laughs> um, now, Doma, and, and one example. <laughs> um, all right, so now, Doma, I can't, I can't do it, and it is, for me, a purple patch. For me, it's the real JLT hype kind of player. On absolutely, you know, I don't know what percentage of teams he's picked in. Um, I I'd imagine 18 or something at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say about 20-odd, but I'd imagine pre-JLT, that was probably, it's only on 14 um, I'd imagine that was sitting on probably 4%, if that, and, and that's me being kind of generous with that. So this is absolute hype city for me. Um, and you know what? The first three rounds, yeah, he'll probably come out and he'll average probably min 100 over the first three. But the concern is what he does, you know, rounds 8 to 22 for me. So form only lasts a certain period of time. We all know that. So um, I don't see him as one of the elite midfielders in the competition. And the fact that I... I can't see that means I can't pick him for an entire Supercoach season. And given his price, really, I want him averaging kind of 105, almost minimum, to make it worth my while. What about Rockcliffe? Well, I think I'd almost prefer Rockcliffe over Dommer uh, in, in many respects because at least we know Rock, Rockcliffe's done it before, but he's also let us down on so many occasions. But um, I haven't flirted with, uh, with Rockcliffe in my team. Brad Crouch is the one for me. If you're looking at that price, it's, it's Brad Crouch. He's, he's the one with the 105 minimum kind of potential um, about him. It wouldn't surprise us. Probably to even see him go 110, 112, to be honest. He's got a lot of uh, sort of football ability, football ability about him. Let's not forget as well that he was one of these... Um, I think I may have mentioned it last time. Yeah, I he did. Back back. Again. Um, was, he's one of those selections that was a GWS of Gold Coast had to give away. So he would have been a pick... I think he was third or no, you think he was second behind O'Meara when they had to give those picks away. Did they not? No, not O'Meara, Hogan. I think yeah, they gave away, like was it Hogan? I think it was. I won't hold you to it, but yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, something like that where they had um, other clubs had access to these players prior to them entering the draft if they traded with the new expansion team, and Crouch was one of those. So he really should have been on pick one or two. Um, and in there, Adelaide's an improving team. Injury is obviously the higher risk, but I think with getting Brad Crouch, look, if it all goes wrong, First two weeks, 60-60, and uh, Domo comes out, you know, 110, 117 first two weeks. It's a lot easier to go crouch down to Domo than it is to go Domo up to crouch. Yeah, I agree, especially because most of the time, I know when I'm making teams, I'm almost dripping out those last couple pennies. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's and I think it's important to think, well, hold on a minute. I know for a fact my team's not going to be perfect come, uh, you know, first league games round three, and I'm probably going to have to make at least one, maybe two changes that week see how we go, um, and you really want to make that as easy as possible. So crouch down to Doma is a lot easier 
then potentially Doma up because you might have to make a downgrade to find that money. Mm. No, I like it. There's, there's some good points there, Bombs. And if uh, you run both and one of them fails, what the hell do you do then? So that's why I think it's safe to only pick one of them because the other one can be a backup plan. Yeah, well, the other, the other conversation I've had, if you if you do go two or three and, and one works and two fa- fail, it's always, with those correctional trades pre-round three, it's, it's, it's always easy to go up to the primo and then down to a rookie as well. I mean, they're correctionals for a reason. There's no right or wrong way to, to use them, especially coming if you play for league. Um, so there's always that out, but if, imagine you picked three and three failed. You'd be in all sorts. Up shit creek without a paddle. Um, anyone down back that's kind of interest you or... Did you say shit? No, you know, that's really yeah. myself there. Anyone down back... Um, <laughs> I knew that one would get you. are a big commercial man, aren't you? Cause, Shocking. Um, Shocking. <laughs> um, yeah, Laird Lloyd tossing up between. Uh, briefly had a look at Sicily yesterday. I think Sicily is uh, probably... A little bit disrespected. You see a lot of teams that kind of run three players and they're all running Laird, Lloyd, Whitfield. You see no one with Sicily. But in saying that, he's owned by, well, 13% of teams at the moment, which is actually a bit more than I thought. But um, look, 570k, I'd be lying if I said I didn't try like a Laird down to Sicily just to free up an extra 17 to uh, see if I could get Menegola in my team. Um, so that's kind of something I was flirting with. You know, do I prefer Laird and Dunkley or do I prefer Sicily and Menegola? He seems... He, he's, he, you know, Sicily got a lot of stick for that <coughs> white line fever, getting suspended. He always will. Um, I was listening to him on SEN this morning. This morning or yesterday? One of the two. Um, yeah, this morning. Yesterday was Sunday, so that doesn't work. He seems super happy. He seems like he's in a really good environment. He was talking about where he prefers to play on the, on the ground and, and what he thinks his role is going to be. And he said himself, he said, I'm going to be a defender. There may be small patches of time during the year where I might go have a go up forward just to try and you know open up a game or do something like that. Um, but he said, no, I'm a defender. I prefer to play as a defender. Um, and I, I play with my mates back there too. He said his best friends at the club are all defenders and they're like a family inside of a family. Um, you know, like when you go to your family barbecues and you hang out with your cousins and you've got your rest of your family there. Yeah, and he and that's how he described it. And he just just listening to him this morning. I, I was thinking to myself, I didn't even think about Supercoach related either. He just he sounds like he's in a really good place right now. Um, and I think that always correlates really well with uh, form and AFL form, and Supercoach form too. So I would never whack anyone for going into the season with Sicily over any of them because. I think it's a stone throw between probably the top, I reckon, four or five as to who could seriously go number one this year. Yeah, look, the thing is, Laird has Brodie Smith returning. Lloyd has Callum Mills returning, even though Mills is probably going to play more midfield than anything, and probably a fit Jared McLean, even though he might, do, might, might not do a hell of a lot. Sicily's got no one returning. And Sicily is, think about it, the kind of player who, given his age, can probably step it up another gear. And I think that's probably the positives in Sicily when you weigh him up against the other two. Whereas, you know, the other two, 
they can more than likely maintain it, but you could probably see them dropping off as opposed to kicking it up another gear. I like the gear that Sicily can go to next. And you um, wanna, you, I just want to touch on one more thing while we're, like while you're there in that sentence. There's that other little component that we talk about, the Tom Mitchell points. Where are the Tom Mitchell points going to go to? Who's going to get the Tom Mitchell points? You know, and everyone's like, oh, you know, Jaeger could go next level, but such and such. We've spoken about how they're more likely go to the, the other team than they are to, uh, to Hawthorne. But there's, you know, probably anywhere between 30 to 60 points on a given day they're going to go around and um, scaling at the end of games mate the amount of times that he's probably going to be best on ground taking 10 intercept marks there could be a little bit of scaling that goes I'm not talking a lot I'm not talking saying he's going to go and average 130 like Titch but you know that could be 2, 3, 4 points at any given time yeah look and you know what the other thing is and it's Something that we haven't paid a hell of a lot of attention to and probably something the community hasn't asked a lot of the questions about, but by structure. Now, have a look at some of these players you're running because for me, I'm probably looking at virtually all my primos playing in the first buy at the moment and Hawthorne have the first buy. And I'm almost... Well, not almost, but that's starting to come into consideration for me as to whether I start Sicily over a Laird or a Lloyd. Yeah, he's he's just a, he's an interesting one. I haven't had him in my team all preseason, but it's I don't know. If, you mentioned him, I think, yesterday or the day before. And came was, in for yeah, a brief moment, and then something about it. There is something I'm, about it. I'm starting to flaunt with it a lot more than uh, I have at any stage of this preseason. And I don't know if you've done a little buy checker on your team. Haven't. But I have, and I'm suggesting that for buy structure, Sicily is uh, significantly better, given the rest of my team, than a lot of the other players. You're saying that there's a good chance I've already upgraded to him buy before he's buy anyway. Um, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All the other players in my team. That you know how I approach buys every year. I aim for two out of three, and the rest is all luck. Because yeah. um, I play for so you, league, of course. That's probably, to be honest, that's probably why you're in Divi 2. That's, you that's know, a good reason. Not aiming us, high enough. Some of us in Divi 1, we aim for 3 out of 3. <laughs> and if we get 2 out of 3, we're pretty happy with ourselves. I've seen how shocked I was last year when I won 3 out of 3. That was funny, right? So you've got to make that. You, you've got to set a winning culture for your team. Yeah, and it's probably I not think, good enough. That's where the improvement's going to come from. What do you call your team? Flemington, you know, race Flemington whatever you call yeah. uh, Flemington RC. So that's where the improvement for the Flemington RC is going to come from this year, I think. If you're going to step it up and play with the big boys, a la Bombs Express, um, you're really going to want to uh, aim for more wins. Well, when, I, when I did get relegated, I was um, I was wholly FCFC. <laughs> and then the, that club, we they just couldn't have me around anymore. They just so they went across to Flemington FC and we <laughs> made the grinding last year. And oh, that's yes, right, ready? Wait, ready? Get pipped? No, um, no, I lost to the guy who won the grinding in the um, prelim. Yeah, but look, you know that's a story for another day. You know the one you spoke about before. You, we mentioned his name, Callum Mills, is one that really intrigues me. We're talking about this the other day. I said if he's if if you think he's going to play midfield, you almost have to pick him. I think he's going to do 90 um, and, and around about that 90. Do, I think for a defender, you're going to want a 95. Yeah. 
97, probably. Um, so he's probably five to seven points off that. Um, so yeah, he's valued. Yeah, he's underpriced. But he's unlikely. He's more unlikely to be a keeper than to be a keeper. Yeah. He's also 100k more than Brody Smith. I mean, I'd certainly encourage Cal Mills over. And we said this last week, didn't we? Um, Zach Williams. Yeah. But I certainly wouldn't go picking him over a Brody Smith. Yeah, he's just one that I I would love to take the risk on. He's mm. going to be one of those players that when he breaks out, I'm just going to be like as if I wasn't on it. Yeah. Because it's a matter well. of uh, when and not if. It's, it's a circumstance of year as well. I think if Brody Smith's not there right now, we're running Cullen Mills at D3. Yep. Yeah, I think <laughs> I agree with that statement. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, Robertson's obviously not around because of, you know, the, the news he won't be participating in, in footy this season. Brody Smith, there's not that many uh, other options there, I think, and probably people would have found it hard to go Lloyd-led or Sicily yeah. and, that, and, and Whitfield. Um, people would be uh, looking at probably Williams as well and Mills a lot more. Than I they, would have definitely yeah. been Mills because I was big on with it and before the JLT started and expecting mm. a lot more out of the kick-in policy. Um, and then, yeah, I definitely would have gone to Mills. Yeah. Um, Anyone else down back? Williams, Williams is in 29%. Um, Mills is in 8 Wow. I, I'm so worried about Williams. I think you'll go ping, and you'll go ping relatively early. They're, they're, I'm not too sure if it's just... I can't trust GWS for one, but how can you play... What do you play? 60% game time in JLT1, and then sit out JLT2 after a yeah. year of not playing? Yeah, well, he did play back in last year, but well, obviously yeah, it wasn't a great deal of footy. Like a whole yeah. season, yeah. yeah. It's... But look, prior to that, I mean, we used the kind of Darcy Moore kind of thing I was looking at before. You played 40 out of 44 games. Mm. I would and love him to be a little bit cheaper. I got him in, I got him in my draft league. Um, yeah. Look, he did average 88, 2016, and 94 in 2017. What do you think he's going to average this year? What's a pass mark for Williams score-wise? Because if I'm price, paying at that price, I probably want to be thinking he's going to be top six or can push into it. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to want, again, kind of what we just spoke about with Mills, with kind of that mid to high 90s. I don't yeah. think he's got that in because this, this is why Brody Smith is at such a good price. He's at three thirty-two. There's enough cash to be made. Whereas if he doesn't go into that six to ten bracket, I'm not overly disappointed <coughs> because I'll probably be paying fifty or sixty grand more. And we've got to remember defenders tend to come around to a better price more often. You know, they're, they're substantial for eighties or seventies or or things like that. So they always come down. I mean. Cade Simpson's a prime example. He'll score you between 70 and 80, you know, two weeks in a row, and then he'll go 140, 110, 109, and then, you know, the 70 or the 80 comes back into it. So those scores always float around. Um, so we're normally picking defenders at pretty nice prices too. They're always there. So I think Brady Smith is just such a more logical pick over Williams. I think it is based on price. If you ask me who's going to average more, I think Williams... Yeah, and I agree to that statement, but I don't think he's worth an extra 80k because I don't I think like. Yeah, the the money you get, and what did we say? A hundred hundred k was worth. What did I what did I work out the maths to be bloody last time? Uh, we I did it kind of on air. Um, a hundred k is equivalent to. Look, I'll just quickly do it here. So someone priced around that 420 mark is priced at around 77.8. 
whereas you look at someone like Brody Smith and where they're kind of priced, um, they're priced at a 61. So that 100K is essentially worth 16 points a game. And if you're looking for bang for your buck, if you think Brody Smith can get within at least 15 points average of Zach Williams, then it makes Brody Smith the smarter decision in terms of points per dollar spent. How many times do you reckon Brody Smith's going to turn up this year? Seven? If yeah. he plays 22? Yeah. You take that. Yeah, of course. 100% you are. You take it. 100%. Anyone else before we move on? No, let's move on, mate. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think it's good to just kind of have a little bit of general chit-chat. Hey, look, and just so the listeners are aware, Sicily's actually currently in my team now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no surprise. It was bound to happen. <laughs> I am I am definitely not surprised. <laughs> so, well, so instead of who? I can, instead of Laird. So oh. Sicily's D1. And that can go Dunkley to Mingola. And I can get Dunkley to Mingola, which seems so safe. Yeah. Anyways, play on. It's not about me. Well, usually it is about me, but let's let's get to the uh, let's get to the agenda. Normally, always about you, isn't it? Well, if you if you live in the bombs uh, world over here, mate, it always is about me. Yep. No, good enough to. Enough to. <laughs> hey, one thing I was meant to drop at the top of the pod as well. Um, we've got the two sponsors on board, but we are looking for a third too. So if you know anyone. Um, you you got a business, whatever, and you want to get in touch with us, uh, feel free to shoot us an inbox, and um, yeah, I'll I'll definitely get in touch. So, yeah, looking for a third podcast to pop up. Uh, we are meant to be reading questions right now, but for some reason the question thread won't load, which That's isn't good. Sad. It's the one yeah. place that you know I put it, so it's all in one spot. Yeah, and now it's not. So looks like we'll be coming back to questions, bombs. That's fine. Yeah, you want to. How many people did we have in the um, group? Well, how about I do some of that league stuff while you do um, while you do that yep. stuff? It's, it's already, so, but I, I reckon we go ahead with it anyway. All right, let's go. So, group code now for those who listen to this podcast. Well, because our listeners are so loyal, Corey, we would have thought they've joined already. We're sitting on six hundred and ninety-one people currently in our group. Um, so, for those that don't know what the group is, you can join leagues. You can also join one big group and. Well, they should almost just call it a community because that's what we want here. We want the super coach community in one big league. The elitist so community. The, uh, the elitist community, that's right. So the top three overall point scorers who are in this group um, will win an elite T um, at the end of the year. The group code is 661452. That's 661452. 691 people. We want, and we think, three days to go, or two days and 22 hours, whatever I said at the top of the pod here, um, we want at least another 60 people in there to get to 750. So if you've got dads, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, friends, uh, kids, whoever the hell, mates, whatever it is, whoever it is that you know that have a super coach team, uh, get them in this group code. We want at least 750 this year. And, uh, you know, speaking off there before, I think this will set us up to try to reach that magical 1K mark for next year. So thank you to all those people that have already joined. And, um, yeah, let's see if we can hit 750 by season start. We only had about 220, I think it was last season, give somewhere around that mark anyways. Yep. So this has been huge. That's, that's gone times three. So we are really, really happy with that. So thank you, community. 
Do you think people are worried about inviting their sisters, brothers, cousins, nephews, nieces because they like to keep us to themselves? Well, let, let me let me tell you this. <laughs> if you are not involved with, you know, all of your family members and all of your mates and you're not getting word around, then there's only so much we can do for the community because the more we grow, the more we can help grow your super coach team, which will only make you even better. So... That's that's probably how I'm going to respond to that. Question. All right, let's go. Um, questions have loaded. The internet's here. Tim Smith, thoughts about Darcy Moore? So, sorry, Tim Smith asking the question. Just so yeah. you don't get confused with Tim Smith from... Um, is he no. still around, Tim Smith? I don't know, but he was a rookie for us last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, move on. Thoughts about Darcy Moore? 310k. Oh, um, thoughts about Darcy Hang Moore. on. Yeah. Have him as a D3 as I'm stacked in my mids looking for those big points early plus there's some really good backline rookies. Have, have him as a D3. Oh, shocking, I reckon. I, I think he needs to be F4. I think structure of your team and given where the rookies are. I mean, you, you just spoke about how, how deep the rookies are in defence. I mean... If I was running someone like Darcy Moore in the back line, it means I'm probably having a Dersma or a Hoare on my bench. Now, I would r- much rather a Dersma or a Hoare on my field and a Darcy Moore in my forward line as compared to a Darcy Moore in my defence and, say, a Petrocelli or Parker. Because that's what it is. It's, it's, it's Petrocelli or Parker versus Dersma or Hoare. Yeah, and, and the Dersma or Hoare on field sounds a lot better. So... I would be uh, moving Darcy more forward because forward line rookies are a lot poorer. Well, I think they're going to be there. They're going to be more what we refer to as heartbeats. They're not going to do a hell of a lot, but they're going to play probably a, a fair chunk of games. And, um, yeah, if you can get those ones onto your pine as opposed to onto your field, you're going to be scoring more points on a weekly basis. Can I have a qu- I just want a quick question. With the Darcy Moore thing, I see a lot of teams running Burgess in the other line, so it might be down back or up forward Thanks. to have the swing. I don't, I'm not a fan of that because I, think, I don't think Burgess is going to score well. I think you're just clogging up a spot for someone who I think is definitely going to overpass him with cash gain. I'll tell you now, Scrimshaw doesn't get lined up. I'm probably going Scrimshaw to Burgess, and uh, that's purely because there's probably going to be no other defenders for me to pick up. Yep. And the added flexibility, I'm sure at some point, may or may not become handy. Well, I suppose if we've got no one else to pick, then that's the yeah. option. But hypothetically, say Scrimshaw gets named. Yeah, well, then I'm not running Burgess because I... Yeah. I think the other players I'm picking are, are going to have a better output than him, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, what's the word, risk um, the money made on those other rookies just for a little bit of flexibility that I may never use. Because that's I didn't talk about Gibbons before. That's my big worry about Gibbons. I'm worried that as a midfielder, he's not going to make the cash I need him to make. Yeah, he's also M10 though, so I think there's a little bit difference because you're comparing him to who and Atkins, yeah. and if they've got similar roles. I'm not that fussed. I mean, I've spoken about Carlton's forward line this preseason. I think if Pasolo starts getting games um, and they've got McKay, uh, Kernow and Mitch McGovern, I, I don't think they can play another permanent kind of forward because they've got too many perma forwards there. So it, it may push Gibbons up the field. And that's kind, of my, that's kind of my rationale for kind of accepting Gibbo as a bench, as an M10. Because I'm probably never, ever going to field him but if you can get more midfield minutes as a result of the structure of the forward line, then it's going to generally, that's going to be, uh, result in increased points scored. Yeah, not bad. It leads us to Tim Smith's next question. Gibbons, 
Uh, or someone like Bailey Scott, Hind, Brett Bewley, you've named. Yep, Scott. Um, I, I would rank them Scott, Gibbons, Hind, Bewley. I think if Hind's playing on the wing... I, I Personally, I don't think Hind's going to be named early. I think um, Well, health injury actually might have bring a spot into the team for him. Hey, um, I think if you've got Hind uh, named on a wing or something, I think I'm preferring Hind over Gibbons. Oh, sorry, I meant... Yeah, sorry, that's what I prefer. Did I say Gibbons second? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I... I meant Gibbons third. Gibbons only before Bewley. Yep, okay. Yep. That's most likely because we're not going to have him. Yep. Okay. Uh, Luke Thomas, love your work, boys. Keen to hear and see how other structures are heading into round one. So team reveals are some reasoning behind your picks would be quality listening, especially with the amount of usual be- of yeah usual banter. Cheers. <laughs> oh, we've already done that. So, yeah. um, and we spoke about our star forwards, but 96485... Good name for a forum. Uh, who are your star forwards? I have Dangerfield, Heaney, and Kelly, and then three rookies. And obviously, we got Darcy Moore. Can we have a quick chat about Kelly? Yeah, go for it, man. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are I had a look at him, and I had a look at all those tons he scored last year. But if you, if you go back and have a look at how many really poor scores he has or had last year, it's enough to scare the living daylights out of you. I mean, Corona got that in JLT as well, didn't we? We had one good score and one bad score. So we look at Kelly last year, and when he's bad, man, he's putrid. He had two scores sub-50 last year. I mean, that is shocking. He had a 48, a 44, and then he's had a 57 at another stage of the year. I mean, those scores just kill you. His next loss after that was a 69 as well. So what's that? Five scores below 70 in 22 games. For me, that's not a for me that's not a premium selection. Yeah, and we had the chat last night. I brought it up with why is off air? Why is everyone so hyped on Kelly? Like I don't understand it. If you had the choice to pick, trade him into your forward line at the back end or halfway through last year, would have you done it? Because the answer for me definitely would have been no. Um, so what I don't know. What makes you suddenly think that that that's going to change? Their midfield's deep. Their midfield is seriously deep, and 100% he's going to have minutes through there. I'm not doubting that. You've seen that JLT2 game and how powerful he was. But my main worry is how often are we going to see games where he doesn't go in, you know, he, he might not line up in the midfield or might play on a wing. So I'm so I'm I'm very cautious of Cali coming into the year. Um, I'm more worried about Cali than a lot of the others, so that's what I can't. Why I can't pick him. But again, if you think that Cali's getting those bulk midfield minutes, then it's yeah. or that he can improve because his kicking is not great. I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of disposal efficiency for him, and if he's able to clean that up, which I'm not convinced from anything I've seen that he has done, um, then it, it just doesn't warrant a selection when you've got. I'm um, probably a Menegol or Smith and Dunkley all ahead of him. Do you think that the go home factor's gone? Uh, I'm not sold that it's going to make a huge difference to his well-being yeah, and mental health. Well, of course. I mean, no doubt it has an impact on your life. But I think AFL clubs are that good at working around that that it will be as much of a non-issue as possible. Yeah, because he seriously wanted to leave. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. But it, again, if he seriously wanted to leave, he would have been accepted a offer from Fremantle as well. So I'm a little bit skeptical around that. I think Very he's, I think he's resigned and he's accepting to the fact that he's going to be here for another year. 
and this will be his last year down here. And I think that almost makes him excited and, and can't wait for the end of the year and in many ways may make him flourish a little bit. Hey, mate, a year's a long time in football. He could he could finish his career at Geelong. <laughs> he could. I would highly doubt that. Yeah, well, we'll come back to that in a year. Uh, Noah Bufton, can you go Collins up to Ridley or keep no, Collins in 50k? You don't move Collins. Yeah, I like Collins. The Bulls going to live in their back line. So, um, Andy Cross, top four midfielders to go with uh, the Crouch Boys and Libba. Top four midfielders to go Crouch Boys. Okay, so I imagine Price isn't a factor. I, I'd say McRae, Cripps, uh, Oliver, Fife. Uh, I would be... I'm not as sold on McRae as what you are. Um, I'll go Cripper. Uh, Oliver. Cripper, Fife, Oliver. I think Kelly. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> on average, mate, and, and he said. might be a little bit higher. But I just can't pick him because I don't know where he's at. I don't know how many games he's going to play, and I don't trust GWS. <laughs> there is no word on whether he's even lining up round one at the moment. That's that, that was the statement the other day. <laughs> That's he should be lining up round one. What the bloody hell? Look, Frio have come out and said, you know, five's going to be there round one. Why, why can't GWS come out and say, you know what, Kelly's going to be there round one? It's like... Um... I mean, completely different, but who's the manager? I think it's Burnley's manager over in the Premier League. I'm not too sure. And every week, he tells he tells the press conference and the media and stuff that, he's, uh, that his main strike is not training, that he's not training at the moment. We don't know if he's going to play. But then there's press at the training session watching him train. <laughs> he's, the bloke sounds Italian if he's pretty that sort of shit. <laughs> Getting up casually telling porkies. I worry. Like, uh... GWS... Get a grip, mate. Just be hey, and before the community calls me racist, I mean, I'm Italian, so I can say that. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaden Banks, 23. Love your work, boys. A few Thanks, quick mate. questions. Best D1 option. Currently have Laird, but tossing up whether to go Crisp, Short, Witherden, Hearn, have Whitfield and Smith already. So that downgrade yeah. there. Okay, so Whitfield is my number one option in defence. And if my current team is anything to go by, then it's Sicily. If my team an hour ago was anything to go by, it's Laird. And if my team yesterday was anything to go by, then it was Lloyd. So the the fact is, I don't know which one's going to be number one. But um, those options there, I think I think Laird is so much better than Crisp, Short, with it and Hearn. Agreed. Mm. If I had to pick one of those players he selected, I would say Hearn of, the, of that bunch. Yep. I know, uh, so more questions. I know this is a common question, but F3 is still a tough one. I currently have Do- uh, Dunkley, but I'm tossing up between Billings and Darling as well. I have Danger, Heaney, and Moore, so he's very similar to us. Um, who would you select at D- D3? Yeah, uh, uh, F3, would, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And who would be an option to have, and would it be an option to have two primos in the forward line, plus Moore and another primo in defence? I think that I would prefer. I prefer to have the three up forward. Um, I just feel that the rookies are too light on. So the three with more, which is clearly what we've got up now. I think the defenders are easier to pick. Who to have more of an idea who's going to be t- between that one to ten. But we've got the rookies down there, so I'm not going to sacrifice early points on that. Um, 
what was the first half of his question? Oh, Billings, I want to see season football of him in the midfield. Darling's one we've spoken about off air because West Coast run early is incredible. Yeah, no, they've certainly got a good fixture. But you see, the thing with Darling is he had a 42 last year, non-injury affected. He also had a 39 last year, non-injury affected. He had a 62, non-injury affected. And then an injury affected 14 and negative one. That's, I mean, that's concern. I mean, we know how, how good he was and, and how on fire he was. But the reality is, is that that 42 came against Carlton as well. So, I mean, how good can bad fixtures be for someone like Darling? His 181 he scored last year was against the Tigers. I mean, it just it, it kind of suggests that everything's just a little bit out of whack with what goes on because we would consider Darling to be not so much the big time player, but more of a bully if anything else. So um, I, I can't I can't do it. I just I can't possibly do it because he is susceptible to a lot of sub fifty scores. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't do Darling. I also um, just while you're on him, I don't think he will ever get back to that that high of a purple patch again. You know, it, does that make sense? That yeah, that he's his hole there, that little patch was the best football I think he will play in his career. I'm not and saying form patch, wasn't yeah, it? exactly that form patch. That's like that's playing at 110. percent Yeah, yeah, and probably then some. Look, the yeah. reality is this: is that he starts the last year's first ten games. He goes 89, 112, 90, 120, then drops a 42. Then comes out and goes 112, 132, 125, 181. You look at uh, how many goals he kicked last year, and it was actually pretty significant. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that, Corey. But, I mean, it was he averaged 2.3 goals a game, and that includes those games where he went off in two games, like just fully injured. So he was pushing upwards of three goals on average a game when he was actually playing sort of full minutes. Um, So... That's good numbers because three goals a game is about sixty-six to seventy goals for a season. Like that's that's Coleman medal almost worthy. So, and I don't think he's a Coleman worthy kind of player. Well, not Coleman worthy. I don't think he can win a Coleman medal in his career. So, <coughs> pardon me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to stay clear of Darling for for those reasons. Um, and last thing, and uh, Billings, are you the same? You just want to see him? Yeah, I can't. I much prefer Walters over yeah. Billings. I, look, I, I would love if I'm watching Billings play in the guts for the first five weeks of the year. He's probably my first upgrade target. Yeah, but don't um, forget, last year he started with like a 130 Billings. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, How oh, over the moon were we? We were I, like, yeah, boys, we picked Billings. Get on the elites, and then it's, uh, it's a podcast that I I could never go back. I can't go back and rewatch <laughs> the grand final. It'd be a podcast that I couldn't go back to listen to because <laughs> there would have been five or ten minutes in there where Billings would have been. Must have. Yeah, it would have been like the equivalent of having to come express after that, I reckon. So, um, Last thing in the midfield, I currently have Crips of uh, Canilio, Crouch, Crouch, Libba, Walsh and Butters. I'm not sure about the Canilio spot. I don't have enough to upgrade Canilio somewhere like Neil or McRae, but if I could, if I traded Laird to Crisp or Dunkley to Billings or Darlings, then that would free up Canelio. We Again, we spoke about this yesterday. I absolutely love Canelio at the moment. I wouldn't be going Laird down. I, I'd, I'd almost be holding Canelio. He's that one player that I always keep having a look at. Bumps, have a quick little almost spiel about Canelio. Where What kind of season do you think he's going to have? 
uh, very similar to kind of what he was on last year, to be honest. He'll hover around that 110 mark. I get that if he can't go up, that's fair enough. Um, ideally, you want to go up to a, yeah, I mean, I kind of like the Lockie Neal or the five um, selections there, but the reality is that if you're going to get rid of him, I think Canelio's got to go down as opposed to getting one of these guys up. Um, something I've been toying with a fair bit, actually, was only last night that I kind of had Canelio in and out, and I was saying um, during a super session, as I like to refer them to, um, that, you know, I actually had Connor Canelio in, in my team, and, you know, what do you reckon here? You know, can I go him down or can I go him up? And I just didn't want to sacrifice, you know, a Dunkley down or a Sicily down because I know I just spoke about um, Jack Darling because one of the things I was doing was I was going Dunkley down to Darling in order to get Canelio up to five. And then I look at it and I think, hmm, five and um, Darling or Canelio and Dunkley. And I feel that Canelio and Dunkley would win that most weeks. So Canelio and Dunkley is kind of where I'll stay in at. So I think that's how you have to weigh it up. Look at it as a 2v2 as opposed to anything else. Do you prefer Laird and Canelio or do you prefer Lockie Neal and Crisp? I think I'm on Laird and Canelio in that situation. I agree. The other thing with Canelio too, he's perfectly capable of, you know, touching the ball a hundred times in the first three weeks. Like... He's oh. he's he's that he's that kind of player, and I think that more. I reckon you take Canelio the name away from it and put any other player's name there right now, and more people would be looking at him. I think that people aren't looking at him because they picked him for so cheap last year. Yeah, and they're thinking, "Oh, that value's gone now." And particularly if they didn't select him last year, they're yeah. like, "Well, see, if I didn't pay, um, what was he last year? Four hundred, yeah, yeah." If you pay four fifty for him last year, how can I pay five eighty for him this year? Yeah, no, strongly agree. Um, and then he, look, Jane said, "Sorry for extensive questions. Loving all your work through the preseason. Keep it up. Do not apologise because we love that kind of feedback, and that's what we're here to do." Questions is the bit I enjoy the most. To be honest, it's fun. Um, Damien Rodbard Bean, Grundy plus midfield rookie or Fife plus Ruck rookie on field, probably Clark. Grundy, no, Grundy. Yeah, there are no ruck rookies who could... Justify yeah, that. Yeah, uh, just a five. Uh, Laird and Neil versus McRae and Williams. Laird, Neil, McRae, Williams. Laird, Neil. Yeah, same. Um, Cameron, thanks for answering my question last week. No problem. My team's ever-changing, and I think I'm close to finalising. Sorry for the long question in advance. I'm running two primos... And Brody Smith in defence. Gordon Grundy rucks, three primos forwards, and the mid I've got McRae, Cripps, Oliver, Canelio, Libba, Walsh, and 490 in the bank. Do I spend on Shield, Koch, and Taranto Crouch, or run with another defender like Mills, Witherden, Williams? Or I, I could Crouch. or I could drop Grundy to Goldie and bring in Fife or Neil. That is a long question. Brad Crouch is the answer. And I think Brad Crouch is the answer for me, definitely. I don't mind the Taranto part of it, but I just think when Kelly, Canelio, and Whitfield's having stints in there, Taranto probably goes to a wing or something, and I think think, Brad Crouch is locked in that guts. I think Crouch is more than likely going to out-average Taranto, and he's, what, 60, 70, 80 kg Yeah. Because the only worry with Crouch is injury. That, yeah, that, that is literally the only worry. Yeah. Um, if, if, yeah. Because uh, it's, no it's not a little injury worry. It's like 
The guy's been injured a lot. <laughs> yep, and that's why backup plan is Dommer. Yeah. Campbell, uh, Michel, (laughs) will English solo rock and likely play every game for the Dogs? I think he will. Well, can he? He weighs 100 kilos. How many 100 kilo players have actually played 22 games? Oh, mate, every ruckman's (laughs) over 100 kilos. If you're not over 100 kilos, you can forget about it. If he wasn't over 100 kilos, he probably oh. his body probably wouldn't be strong enough to play over. A, I'm gonna find game. some ruckman that it was sub 100 kilos. That was just a pure beast. That's gonna be my. Uh, that's gonna be my goal. Wow. Good luck. You're probably going back to like the 80s or something. No, probably um, not because they were probably fatter back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably eating pies and shit. <laughs> what was the actual question? English uh, actually really on solo field ruck as a and no, no, just that wasn't the question. Will English solo ruck and likely play every game for the dogs? Well, I think the answer is yes to both, but I wouldn't select him. Yeah, there will be a time where English is going to be super, super coach relevant. And you know what? It would not surprise us probably if it's this year because all no. the has been 100 gigs. It might just be a thing moving forward. We can imagine ourselves during 2027 and we got some, you know, peanut called, I don't know, give us a last name here, uh, Johnny Longstockings or something like that. And, you know, he's just tipped the, he's just tipped the scales at bloody 100 kilos and we'll be like, whoa, you remember back in uh, 2019 <laughs> when uh, Mr. Tim English? Yeah, that's what we'll be doing. Oh, man, I can't wait for Tim English to explode. Uh, Tom Douglas, is 150k in the bank too much? Happy with my team and would like to have, in case Liberal Williams have an issue early. Also, who to use as a a loophole? Watson from Freo, defence slash midfield, and have Clark at R3 or the standard Bonds or Sweet at R3. I think it's going to be the R3 Ruckman. Yep, sweet at R three one and two K. Clark's not even guaranteed a game. Um, is one hundred and fifty K too much to have? No, if you like I, your team and you've got no. money left over, then a hundred percent. That's a great situation to be in. Yeah, wrongly disagree. No, with you. No, oh, you disagree with me. Question. You got one hundred and fifty K in the bank. Why the hell are you running Zach Williams on your field? Get him up to a Whitfield. Get him up to get him up to an actual primo. Your, your trades are a premium. I don't think you can put a price on that. Okay, yeah, I understand what they're saying. So I didn't really look at the whole Williams and Liber side of the token there. I was more looking at the... Liber, I'd leave, but like Williams, I'd be going straight uh, I've got a question, though. If this guy genuinely thinks that Williams can be a top six defender and he's happy with his team, I don't think there's anything wrong with 150k there. You could probably find something to do with the bonus, 150k. But if you couldn't and you love your team, I'm not spending it for the sake of spending it. Yeah. Man, having cash is always a bonus. But I, get, I, I do agree with your, your conversation, your topic of spending the money on Williams because that's 100% where I put it. Yeah. Um, uh, Connor beat... You know, because I, I, just before we move on, I want to talk to you about something. Last year, if someone says to you... Um, you know, we had Sicily and Laird there and, and we both... Uh, sorry, not Laird. Lloyd. You had Lloyd, I had Sicily. What was Lloyd last year? Sub 500, yeah? 479. Yeah. And sis was four four forty or something. Is someone yeah, someone last year saying put if I had hundred and fifty K left over, I'm not putting that up because I was really banking I genuinely believe sis was gonna to be top six. Yeah, and, and I would have said to you put the one fifty on Sisley, that's true. Yeah. I wouldn't have put it on Lloyd because I genuinely thought Lloyd yeah. was top six, yeah. Um, Interesting, good point. So if you think William's top six, don't spend it there, but yeah. I don't think he's a top and, six, and therefore that's the where I would <laughs> 
that's where I would spend. And we're probably going to be wrong again. And starting probably. Williams next year. And we started six other mid-prices. Williams is the one we didn't start. Yeah. So we screwed up. Hey, that's well within the realms of possibility. Yeah. Wow. All good. Uh, Connor, Connor Beedman, uh, Crip, uh A, well, one, Cripper, Clary, Neil, Trelaw, Cogs, or B, McRae, Cripper, Trelaw, Cogs, Martin. Read it again. There's a lot, there's a lot better process. Crips, Clary, Neil, Trelaw, Canelio. Can you just read out the differences? Because you're repeating a lot of the same okay, names. Okay, okay. Uh, so it's McRae v. Clary. So it's yeah. McRae... Oh, my... Jeez, this is the easy way to look at it. It's McRae and Martin versus Neil and Clary. McRae Martin. Oh, I'm Neil and Clary. I think Clary's an absolute beast, but I think McRae can go close to Oliver and I probably think Martin will actually know. Do I? Uh, I am... Oliver Neil. Gee, that's weird. I just flipped that. Oliver Neil, I think. Yeah, I think Oliver's out-averaging McRae. And I think Neil's out averaging McRae, so it's easy for me. Yeah. Wouldn't we, yeah. Gee, you're clutching at straws there. And that's the kind of thing where one of those combos will have make you get you a really good year, and one of them, not so much of a yeah. year. It's tough. Uh, NATO 87, Callum Mills versus Brody Smith, and keep the 100K in the bank. Yep, Smith, we said that before. Yeah. All right, here's another big, long one. Uh, firstly, Bombs, good to see... Oh, this is Matt. Good to see you're one of the good guys. Evident fan. <laughs> Knew there was yeah. a reason I liked you. <laughs> we, actually, we actually beat Chelsea. First time we've beaten a top six team in, in two seasons, I think. I, so. I was talking Side to someone home. this week, and I just said there is no way Everton are even going to score a goal in that game. And, and um, if you've seen what I did with the FPL team, I loaded up on Chelsea defence as well. <laughs> so I certainly agreed with you. A uh, couple Adelaide mid-price questions. What's the reason for picking Brad Crouch? He would need a average 115 to increase his price by 150k and make the selection worth it from a money-making point of view. I'm, I'm going to go the, the full stop right there. He needs to average 115 to get to 550k. Yeah, that's you wrong. lost it? Yeah, that's wrong. Um, really, that's wrong. Yeah, because what you're doing is you're looking at what a player is going to average on the season players, players to start that to- next year. Players priced at 150 k averaged 100 last year, like a flat 100. Yeah. So a flat 100, and don't forget, the way price increases and decreases work is all about three-game averages and that sort of stuff. Uh, But anyway, if he was averaging 115, I would not be trading. You wouldn't be trading as a keeper. (laughs) Uh, 101 sees his price jump 82K and still not worth... Having from a money yeah, making stance, yeah, Sorry. and not a good enough average to hold. And mate, do you really see him going 105? That, uh, do you, can you see Matt Cratch going 105 plus? I can see it. Yes. Yep. Um, and so can I. Liver on the... Yes. No. He, sorry, your mass is wrong there. Um, could you feasibly pick Brody Smith in the hope he gets three to four 110 game plus? 110 game pluses, so 110 score, super coach points, in the first eight rounds, then an upgrade him to a, a premium as soon as possible. If if he scored three to he four scored, in the first ten, right. yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I think you're looking at starting price. I don't know what you're doing here. You're Matt, yeah, sorry, Matty, but your mass is wrong. Um, Next question. And, and you know what? They're pumping out scores like that. You're not trading them. Nah. The bloke scored 310s in his first eight weeks. He's likely to be averaging at that point high 90s. That That's a keeper for a defender. 
And it's your last upgrade at best. Yeah. 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 Um, Chuka, good day, loves. Oh, good day, loves. Good day, lads. Love your work. A uh, couple of questions. McRae and Crouch uh, versus Zeritz and or, or near, Neil and Kelly. Zeret and so hypothetically Zeret and Kelly versus McRae yeah. and Crouch. McRae, I assume that's Matt Crouch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, McRae and Matt Crouch. Yeah, I like Matt Crouch and Kelly. I don't, uh, or I don't think that, I don't think the the price dollars there are even anyway because you probably get an extra eighty k with the um the mirror combo. Um. You got McRae and Matt Crouch. His next so question Matt, is Brad Crouch M five, Worms. And Mills at D three, Dallin Billings at F three, or downgrade crouch, crouch and grab two proper primos. I don't don't downgrade Brad Crouch. Yeah. So oh, so that's his question. Is it Brad Crouch with? Oh, sorry. No. Yeah, I'll do it this way. Brian. Williams, Williams or Mills. Mills. Dalhouse or Billings. Billings. Yep, and I agree with both of them. Uh, ball, ball sacks. Hey lads, team ball sacks here. Formerly nice Gary. He was in one of the leagues last year. I have Lockie Neal on my side, and even though he had 28 touches in JLT, he only used his slipper three times. Do we stick with him or look elsewhere with someone using their slipper more and getting more meterage from touches? P.S. Bomfer taking the piss out of the insiders is one of the funniest things I've heard in a long time. Just bounce it for points. <laughs> Um, Feels like a while now, too. Um, a, no, Neil... I don't think Neil is going to be any more or less kicking and handballing just because he's playing for a new team. And he, I don't think Neil's ever been a huge kicker, nor has he been a long kicker or a super super effective kicker. So if he's able to you know, still average 110 on multiple uh, years uh, doing what he does at Fremantle... Then I'd expect that to, at a minimum, kind of maintain over there at the line. So if you're happy, yeah, if you're happy for involvement chains too, that'll go up because Brisbane will score more. So yeah, and that's what look I I like to say. But he's also playing in a team that's probably going to have a few more points um, dished out to his teammates. So more score involvements. Hopefully things may hover around the same. Look, I think he's safe for a one ten and twenty two games, which is what I want. If you're okay with that, pick it. It's exactly what I want. And it's exactly what you're paying for. No more, no less. Yeah. The the one thing about Lockie Neal, too, I, he's just a contested beast. Like, the guy gets ball. That's all he does. He's so good at extracting. And that's what you pick. You're picking the 110 extractor. Mm. And, and all my players are very similar. Neal, Oliver, Cripps. Besides the fact that Cripps is an absolute... Beast of a human. And Oliver's probably about eight foot taller than than yeah. he is. But they're they're, ex- they're extractors though. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I I actually think Neil's going to be better away from Frio. I I think he's going to be a lot better as the top dog. Yeah. It reminds me That's so true. much. It reminds me so much of Tom Mitchell, except obviously Tom Mitchell was stuck at, as a forward at Sydney. Uh, Sammy Gates. I think, yeah. Sorry, but I think the difference between Mitchell and um, Neil is that Neil doesn't have the tendencies, well, consistently enough anyway, to run around the ground and get cheap mark kicks and probably lay as many tackles. 
I disagree. I disagree with that. I think I think Lockie Neal can. I think he definitely can. Uh, he's he is no Tom Mitchell work weight wise because because that's what it is with Tom Mitchell. That's yeah. that's work rate and discipline. And uh, but I, I do think Neil could do that. But I don't think he can do it at that level. That Tom Mitchell does it at. I don't think there's too many who can though. Yeah, that's actually a fair comment. Yep. Sammy Gates. Hi, guys. Wondering about Andrew Brayshaw from Fremantle as a pod. Look good in the JL team with no more Neil. He could be a good pod. You cannot bank your season on that. That that would would just destroy you. That's one of those picks that'll put you further behind getting it wrong than it would put you in front getting it right. I have concerns, and you know what, this will be a classic, and this is probably why people don't like question time, because it just bonds, it just attacks the, the people that just want a little bit of help. I'm concerned with the fact that this bloke's actually considering a pick like this. I mean, how bad is your team that you're considering an Andrew Brayshaw? Especially with, I'm, I'm not going to beat up on you, but especially with the <laughs> value that's probably around oh, the same know. mark. Crouch, Dommer, Libba, yeah. get one of them. And you Miles, probably, I even prefer Miles. You probably don't want to be running more than three of them or four of them anyway, too. No. So, yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, Texas one, Dixon. Hi, Elites. I'm trying to lock in my rucks and I've narrowed it down to two options. Would respect your expert opinion, please. Well, that's a bit rich with Bonfa, but all right. Um, Grundy and Gorn with five primo mids with Walsh, Butters, and Constable. Or Grundy and Goldie with five primo mids, Libba, Walsh, and Constable. You're going to have to do the way up for me. It's a lot to kind of keep in my head when you read it out. It is. Goldie versus Gorn. But Gorn will be teed up with uh, Butters. Gorn and Butters? Gorn and Butters or Goldie and Liver. Okay, Goldie Liver, if you're playing for overall, because your points at the, the, the start of the season is a lot better. But what you get in Gorn and Butters, this is this is the whole mid-price versus primo and rookie sort of conversation. You you get Gorn, who you're never going to have to trade in later. Whereas Goldie and uh, Libba, neither of them are probably keepers. I would have thought. But in the Gorn one, you're getting at least one keeper. Yeah. However, if you think Goldie is an actual keeper, and even if he averages say ten less than Grundy and Gorn then you're probably keeping him for the entire year, then the Libba decision with Goldie is obviously the much superior one. I personally would be looking to get the money from another player than downgrading Gorn to Goldie to get Libba because I think you need Libba. Yeah, nah, I like that too. Whereas you could go cut one of the fifth primo midfielders and go the two, you know, Libba and... um, Brad Crouch. Brad Crouch, yeah, sorry. I would be doing that every day of the week. Yeah, unless he's already got Brad Crouch. Well, no, he wouldn't because he said pretty much. Well, he didn't. didn't Yeah, okay. Yep, beautiful. All right. Are we ready for the Exotic Limo League? I was born ready for the Exotic Limo League. Beautiful. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to read out the Exotic Limo League um, 
entries. So we'll go through 1 to 16 who got a spot in the Exotic Limo League um, and the reason for their going out. And then afterwards, I'll read out the 16 who got into the um, Hungover League. Now, what you need to do is you need to get on to us before Thursday at 12 p.m. So before noon Thursday. Yep. If you are not in before then, your spot's going to someone else. Yep. All right, so if you know one of these people whose names we read out, it's a long podcast, and we've got, what, two days to listen to it, or three days to listen to it before the start of the season. If you know someone, get on to them. Please let them know that they're in the league, okay? Yep. Now, another thing, too, when we do, when you do get on to us and get the league code office, if it's all right with you guys, we would love for your permission to show, especially ones who are creative, if you don't mind, show what got you into the league um, to our community. Oh, honestly, and some of the stuff we receive, fair income, Corey, some of these things I've replayed a hundred times, honestly, and I couldn't even, you know, give two hoots that I've just been taking the, you know, they've just been taking the P1 out of me the entire time. Some of the stuff we receive, honestly, is above and beyond anything that we would have expected, to be honest. There are some absolutely amazing entries in there. I've, I've loved it. Um, they've been great, and they're good. It's, you know, and and you've done a good job. So if we, could, if you don't mind, it's, it's a great way to show the community what's going on. If you don't want us to put it on Facebook or Twitter, we can just put it in the on our website. So, um, look, let us know either or where you give us permission. So the first person that's coming into the league last year, oh, sorry, this year, is the winner from last year. We can't not have Stable Able back in the league. He won the Limo League last year, submitted a pretty piss-poor entry this year, but I think as the winner last year, you get a walk-up start back into the Exotic Limo League. I will just say Stable Able. That was against Bont's better opinion because I think we should have shitter teams in the league <laughs> uh, because uh, I'm in need of another one of these vouchers from the Exotics. <laughs> Number two, Paul Posterino. Mate, he had a three-minute rendition of Working Class Man oh. about Bonks Express. Oh. Oh, can I say, I've been walking around work, I've been attending family functions, I've been playing indoor cricket, and all that's in my head is, oh, here's the Bonks Express. It, it was amazing. He was the first person to send someone thing in as well. Oh, and man. It was it was such a good job. Now, also, if I pronounce your name wrong, I apologise. Yeah. Um, I'm as awkward as they come. So, uh, entry number three got in, person number three, Shane Long. Uh, just with a nice basic video of why he should be in the league. It went for about two, three minutes. He oh, was... Is this, yeah, sorry, is this the guy with Andrew McGrath? Uh, yeah, it was. Yep. Oh, yep. this guy's a knock-knock, this fella. <laughs> Nothing yeah, over the know. top, but just a great entry. So I'll tell you, it was funny though. You know what I liked about him? He took the piss out of you. He was going, the bulls. You know, you started going <laughs> yeah, yeah, up yeah. That bit was good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, Shane Long, welcome in. Uh, entry number four is long-time fan of the show too. Christian Longiatano, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not too sure. I'm really sorry if I've mucked that up. Mate, this was the shallow cover. The, the, the star is born bombs. Mm. The one that you really liked. He's got his elites top on. Real now, good singer, good voice. I have to say, if this bloke is not a singer, on honestly, fair dinkum, you're telling us, uh, I mean, we're here requesting for permission to share this kind of thing. This this bloke's got a voice on him. Uh, fair dinkum, it could be one of these YouTube fellas that just gets snapped up somewhere. 
really talented. Plays a guitar as he as was well. doing it. Ukulele, too. not even a guitar. I'm pretty sure. You know, ukulele. the only disappointing thing about his entrance was that it was not long enough. I thought. I mean, I was. If that had one more verse in it, honestly, I, I yeah, it it was just so good. It was so good. It left me wanting more. Not to mention there was. The words "come express" was used. Oh, when he dropped the, I'll tell you honestly, but it, and it was just good to have someone not bag me for a change as well. <laughs> and, and and I was impressed. I was impressed with that. I mean, he got in the bomb slog, but I didn't feel personally attacked by that. But the "come express" line too, I'll tell you, you could just tell who are listeners and and who are lot who are sort of long time listeners yep. and kind of who the new guys are as well because they they bring up shit from a few years ago too. It's it's great. And I know Christian has been a very long time listener as well, so congratulations, welcome to Lee. Yeah. Um, number five, spot five goes to uh, Noah Bufton, um, and this was the gentleman uh, Bombs that had the rap on in the St Kilda top that mentioned about. A hundred different AFL players' names in his rap. Yeah. One of the most uh, cringeworthy things I've watched, but I'll it was absolutely you, great. Honestly, if, if, if you were going to embarrass yourself, honestly, to that extent, then you deserve to be put in an exotic limo league, I have to say. No, that, that was honestly, oh my congratulations. God. Congratulations. Cringe was, was a good word there. Yeah. You can definitely give it to the bombs when you beat him. <laughs> Number six goes to uh, an, uh, another video, the rendition of O oh, Sammy Welsh, um, oh. and that is I- Isaac Zagas um, on the piano. Awesome. You talk about talents, and, and we're just uncovering talents. We've got a bloke that's playing a ukulele. We've got uh, the guy here playing the piano. But the most impressive thing about this piano player was just the fact that, obviously, he's wearing a Carlton top, so he must be a genuinely good fella. But also the fact that he just was just creaming it over Sammy Walsh. And uh, I'll tell you what, I listened to that song, and I was playing a little montage of uh, Sammy Walsh here on my PC too. And, and I was just in heaven, mate. I'll tell you, I did not want to move anywhere. It's not hard to get in. All you have to do is call Bombs a Flog or... <laughs> Uh, spot number seven goes to Taylor Doherty uh, and why because he promised to propose to his missus in the limo uh, well hopefully his missus isn't a fan of the show because that'd be ruined wouldn't it uh, well he posted it on the wall so too bad yeah it's on the no. website that was already out there that's okay yep. if, if I was him you're, you're in the, yeah I'd probably that one the and when I said promise too, I don't think he actually promised. I think he just said his entry. So, he probably yeah. um, um, item number eight goes to oh mate, this I, I tell you what, we had some absolutely amazing entries. The songs they were probably my favourite thing ever, ever. Probably one of the hardest I laughed at a photo was Frogger. <laughs> when, oh, oh, that's when right. he went in the double photo, the one of the bombs <laughs> bubblehead, and then into Francis Watson. This is someone who listens to the show, and that's what I loved about it as well. So, Frogger, the Francis Watson, I missed that one. It was under your photo. Oh, see, I, this is classic bombs. Just yeah. looks at himself and doesn't give two hoots what's going on around it. Yeah. I'm going to have a look at this now. So you hear a heart. Oh, he's just waving. That's not that good, the Francis Watson. Oh, he's still obviously I thought he made something there. Still no, obviously listens to the show. Well, he certainly listens to the show. I'll tell you what, he freaked me out, this fellow, when he pulled up. Oh, you know, I was trolled through my Twitter. Just to find out bloody how far back you would have to go to find that photo. It was it was a fair way back. Ah, good work. 
So that's how committed he was to getting into this league. I'll tell you, I showed me old man that photo too, and he thought it was bloody astounding. <laughs> item number nine. Oh, item number nine. Person number nine. In the league. Well, look, they are all it's items when they're nine. just coming runners up to us this year, Bont. So that's all right. Um, Gonad Sage three uh, from our website. This this man's that committed to Supercoach that his wife, who absolutely hates it, has changed her Instagram handle to Supercoach Wife. No, I like this one. Yeah, yeah. so that was commitment. That was a good entry. You come in here off this entry number ten. I don't think we could we could go a league without Big Shaney Corbel, um, who last year we rode his journey as he was sitting twenty fifth overall. I think he jumped probably as high as twelfth or something, um, mm-hmm. and still sent in questions and still wanted our opinions week to week to try and get him up. Unfortunately, we're probably just dragging him down to twenty fifth. So he's smart. He probably won't be listening to this anymore. I tell um, you, concerned. You've put the winner from last year and a bloke that's come around twenty overall. I'm not liking my chances to to win something in. Well, you know, there's probably only one way up from twenty fifth, and that's down. That is true. That's wrong, because there's 24 spots there's to go up from there. But yeah. More likely to go down than up. That is true. Not if you're Shane, though. It was, it was a great year last year, and he definitely deserves to be in this league. Um, entry number 11 is... I, I, I could argue that this man is our biggest fan. And I seriously can. This is Michael Kay on Facebook. You know exactly oh, what I'm talking about. Had yeah. the North Melbourne background. Yeah. Gets on after every single podcast we do and thanks us for it. Every week, without fail. Every time the podcast goes up, he he will send us a thank you, and he's he's been around for a while, and definitely deserved a spot in this league. But he shares, he likes, he comments regularly through the season, he's kind of a seasons campaigner, you know, worthy of a spot even without putting in a nomination that far. He did have a nomination though, so he definitely definitely deserved to be in. Um, but he could he could have just put a full stop as his nomination. He would have got <laughs> in for no 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 fair income for, for all kind of all because you know we always ask you know you know iTunes likes you know all this kind of stuff and this bloke without doubt and you know he does it ten minutes within a post as well so I don't know if he's got notifications turned on or whatever the hell it is but uh, no good on him he, he truly deserves a spot. Those pods that are dropped at one a.m. on a Monday night. <laughs> 107 a.m. Michael, whatever his name is, has said, thanks for the podcast, boys. Can't wait to listen to it. Dad, um, entry number 12, uh, Greg Pearson. Mate, uh, this one gave me a bit of joy as well. On his honeymoon, sending photos of his headphones in, <laughs> listening to us. I'll tell you what, uh, he's an incredibly smart fella, that bloke there, because uh, from what I've been told, if you're going to survive marriage, you can either do one or two things. You can either always listen to what the missus says, or kind of just from day dot, just let her know Supercoach is priority, and if she's going to marry you anyway, then she knows what the hell she's getting into, and it sounds like you set Supercoach as a top priority, so good on you, fella. Good man. Uh, Entry number 13 is Shane Akavavar. Uh, crazy spreadsheet and and I had to reward this because I know how much effort Jolie put in to get his spreadsheets done for the JL team mate Bonts you got to check these things out they are in depth they are colour coordinated there's little like uh, the up and down graphs going on in his uh, yeah. spreadsheets uh, yeah they are super impressive and yeah definitely got him into a league and this is what we said you had to be different you had to be so many entries are just, I finished in the top 2,000 last year, Bombs is a dickhead, I want to beat him. <laughs> you had to be different. 
because they're all the same. So, and we like things like this. Just keep in mind for next year. Uh, 14, entry number 14, Alex Bennett, mate. Been in Brazil for the last three months, has listened to a whole pre-season lead-up, and sent me videos of him dancing in the streets of Brazil. <laughs> I've not seen those videos. Not sure I do want to see them. But, hey, if you're that committed, then... Boy, oh, boy. Uh, you, you, you truly deserve your spot. Yep. Yep. Definitely got him in there. Um, number 15 was Daniel Wallace, who had a pretty impressive poem put together. Um, yes. Yep. Which was, yeah, gave us both a bit of a laugh um, and definitely deserved to be in there. And then entry 16. Now, this is up for grabs, Bombs. There's someone in here, but if he doesn't live up to expectations, I'm kicking him out. Luke no. Thomas, he came with a bit of a rhyme that included, Did yeah, that included a lot around the Come Express, and he's. Have I seen this one? Uh, I don't know. It's an email, and okay. he's promised that he's entering his team name as the Come Express. Oh yeah, no, that's that's right. Yeah, so now, if your team name. If is Luke enters the, the league and his team name is not the Come Express, removed straight out. Yeah, but yeah, welcome, welcome aboard. And of course, 17 and 18, <laughs> me and Bombs. So, congratulations. There was a lot to sift through. There was a lot of videos. There was a lot of creativity. Um, and we absolutely loved it. So again, if we if we can have your permission, we'd love to post them out there. Now, we've got the Hungover League as well. So this is kind of like, you know, thanks for trying. Here's your runners-up medal. Here's your ribbon for finishing. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> Here's your ribbon for finishing seventh. So, um, I'm not going to give the reasons why you're in here, but here's who made it in. So, John O'Cram, James Eper, Dave Knispel, Brenton, Prada, Nettie Knight, Craig Lynch, Tom Whitley, Jason Catterford, Jake Bell, Paul Garnett, Ad Leonard, Stu Bell, Stewie Lockhart, now I could get this wrong, Fionn Fion Parker, and last but not least is Trav Barr. So if you could all get into touch with us as well, again, same rule, has to be before... Um, at 12pm and definitely I mean I'm get I'm going to have 32 people getting in touch with me can you please let me know what league I've put you in it just saves me from going to the spreadsheet and checking it all out and please don't lie about it because yeah. that will be and no lying and no inviting mates or anything there's no giving league codes out I mean we trust you we know we can trust you you're a part of the elitist community so honesty integrity is always the most important thing Bombs this podcast went for so much longer than I expected it to hey and you know what Corey they always do and for those that missed out on a league um i have a couple of leagues uh kind of spare at the moment so i will announce a podcast league here to take on myself so the first 17 people who listen to this podcast who are not the winners of the previous two leagues there and who are not currently already in one of our other leagues have a look at the joining this code here 720765 that's 720 Seven six five, and you can kind of take me on and have a bit of bands with me through the year, which I'm, uh, I can promise you I'm good for. And if you're not in any other leagues, don't stress out. We've still got some more coming up over the next couple of days. Again, please do not join multiple leagues. We are cross-checking these. If we find out you're in two leagues, you're out of both. 
Okay, if you're already in a league, now I'll say this as well, if you're already in another league and and you've been accepted into the limo league or hungover league, that's fine. You're allowed to stay in those two leagues. Out of courtesy, if you want to drop out of the other one, obviously you're going to stay in the limo one. Yep, just so we've got a free space open too. So um, there's a lot of people who are inboxing, asking for leagues, people asking for us to do the cheeky under the table and send them codes. It's not (laughs) happening. No, we're not Carlton here in 1999 (laughs) with a paper bag under the table. No, what did that do? It screwed the club for 20 years, and we want the elites to be a, a running juggernaut as opposed to something languishing down the bottom. Hey, keep an eye out for our articles that continue to drop. Uh, some of the listeners may have known last week that, you know, through our website articles and that sort of stuff that we post to social media, been dropping little league codes and those sort of things. So keep an eye out. Make sure you have a look at our articles, and I'm going to read those. You never know what sort of sneaky surprise you might find in there. And also, if you're really keen to get in one of our leagues, Turn on our Twitter notifications. Turn on, you know, Facebook notifications. Not even sure if that's a thing, but um, if you do that, you'll almost—it's it's almost like receiving a text, especially on Twitter. Comes up, you know, Supercoach Elite tweeted this, and you know, bang, could be a league code, sort of just uh, that you've been given a notification for, and you can quickly go and jump in that league too. So, um, yeah. I know because I know over the next couple of days we've still got quite a few to come out. We left yeah, it no. late deliberately. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a thing. It's a thing with us. So, yeah rewarding those who listened um as always look we appreciate any um likes or subscribes or uh ratings on the podcast um i think in the last week alone we've put out i think what almost six hours of podcast talk um so your reviews on itunes definitely help get us out there and um we love our elitist community i've i've had this is probably the most fun i've had in a pre-season well, it has been it has been breathless. So I can say categorically, this has been a significantly better preseason. Although I feel somewhat unsettled, I'm not too sure. We've also got, if you don't mind me dropping, a footy tipping comp. Uh, so for those who enjoy footy tipping and that, we'll we'll do a super. So it's similar to the kind of like the group code that we do with the elites leagues and that sort of stuff. But just join the footy tipping comp. It's ESPN footy tipping uh, that kind of website there. So. Just have a look at our socials because by the time you've probably listened to this podcast, um, links will be kind of all over our socials on, you know, how to join that and that too. So no prizes up for grabs there. So sorry to disappoint you in that regard. But you know what? If you enjoy tipping, uh, you know, all, all of us, all the admin staff and that sort of thing will be in there. So why not just join a, a tipping comp if you're part of that uh, website anyways? Oh, the ESPN website for footy tips is absolutely awesome. It's the best one. It's the one where you just you could be in as many leagues as you want. You just pick your tips once and it goes in all of them. goes in all of them. Always See, the good. sucky thing about that is what happens when it becomes real tight at the end of the year and you're winning one league and you want to play conservative and you want to take a risk. And that, that's the shitty thing, but it's convenience all year round. I'm never that good at footy tips, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, well, you're never that good at super coach either. It might just be a common thing with you in general. Probably just pack it up. <laughs> That could be it. All right, Elitist community. Look, thank you so much for such an amazing preseason. Like I said, we've had an absolute ball. Um, I'm sure you're going to be firing teams and things through to us. Be patient. I'm, I'm going to make a recommendation. If you want advice before kickoff on Thursday, get your questions in before probably 12 noon as well because it's going to be a busy, busy night. Um, on behalf of Bombs for myself, peace out community, and thanks for listening.